Hey y'all, what is going on? What is going on? It's your girl, Melba Pearson, Melba for Miami, Melba for Justice, also known as a regular resident legal diva. And it is time for another Mondays with Melba. So this episode is incredibly special for two reasons. Number one, it's my birthday. And I normally would not have a Mondays with Melba on my birthday, but my girl, my friend, my forever woman crush Wednesday <laughs> is the candidate for lieutenant governor for the state of Florida. So I absolutely have to stop everything to make sure y'all know who she is, know everything about her, mobilize to support her and Charlie Chris to become the next governor and lieutenant governor for the state of Florida. So here we have it. Welcome back to Mondays with Melba, Carla Hernandez. <laughs> Thank you, Diva, and happy birthday. It's amazing to be able to be here with you today and, you know, talk about all these important issues. Um, you know, you're such a social justice warrior, and I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on this platform. You know I love you, and we've been allies for a long time, so all of this is all good stuff, and it's about lifting people. Amen to that. Amen to that. So let's like get right into it. So first of all, y'all have met Carla before because ironically, you know how Facebook will like pop up with memories. It was basically like a year ago when you were on talking about back to school and all of that. So let's just kind of do a quick reintroduction. Can you share a little bit about your background, your work, and you know, kind of how we got to this moment? Absolutely. Thank you. So, you know, I'm a first generation American. I was born and raised in Hialeah. Um, my parents are immigrants from Honduras. And, you know, I had a really humble beginning, to be honest with you. My my dad was a farm worker. Um, he came to this country, could not practice accounting, which is what he did in Honduras. And so, you know, he was in the Everglades cutting sugarcane, picking tomatoes, uh, just, you know, doing that kind of work. And he saw how brutal it was and, you know, how the people that were putting food on people's table in Florida and, you know, obviously across the nation too, um, just didn't have any rights. And one day somebody tapped him on his shoulder in one of the breaks and he was like, look, um, the construction industry is growing. They're looking for carpenters. Are you interested in, you know, becoming like a skilled laborer? And he was like, yeah, of course. And so he jumped on to the construction industry, became a carpenter, did apprenticeship uh, programs, and got really involved in the union. So he taught me from a very early age the importance of, you know, fighting for your rights, uh, you know, dignity in your workspace and respecting folks and the work that they do. And um, it, so he taught me a lot about just union work. And um, my dad, you know, was critical to, you know, obviously raising me. My mom was a secretary. We lived in a two-bedroom house in Hialeah for all of my life until I was 25, y'all. I was that chick that stayed home and went to FIU. <laughs> <laughs> like a true Latina. Like, you know, I'm not going, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> um, I, I shared a room with my grandmother. May she rest in peace. She passed away two years ago uh, during covid um, but my grandmother, I, an, an interesting fact, I had no idea that my grandmother was illiterate. You know, she came, she was born in 1920, um, you know, in Honduras, they didn't have child labor laws. They didn't have women rights protections. And so they saw her as, you know, just a not equal person. 
And at nine years old, she started working. She started working in somebody's kitchen and she wasn't, you know, they didn't take her to school. They didn't think enough of her to give her, you know, all of these uh, resources and enrich her life. And, uh, you know, she struggled a lot. She lived in poverty and um, she helped to raise me. And I always said, you know, I want to do something for little girls like her. Like, I want to make sure that kids are protected, that there are child labor laws, that we fight for education, that we make sure kids have access to quality uh, education, no matter their race, their ethnicity, their gender, their ideologies, nothing, you know. And so it brought me to education. I became a special education teacher. And, and I say this with a lot of pride. I... I focused on emotionally handicapped education. That was my major. And so when um, you know journalists have asked me, well, what makes you qualified to do this job? I say, well, I'm uniquely qualified because since I majored in emotionally handicapped education, I am ready to deal with the dysfunctional legislature that we currently have in Tallahassee. <laughs> and I can bring all those skill sets to the table. Um, you know, and I've just been doing the work, you know, you've seen me in, in different facets, not just advocating for public education, but advocating for voting rights, advocating for women's rights, you know, uh, advocating for gun safety measures and, and, and laws. And I really feel that unions are so important in how we interconnect with community, right? There's so many needs in the community. And I've tried to be supportive of as many um, you know, issues that are that are important to our folks. And that's helped me meet a lot of incredible people like you, Melba. Um, you know, we're, we're fighting for, for community, trying to uplift all boats at the same time. And, and then all of a sudden I, I, I got tapped, right? I got asked to run on this ticket. So, and it's so like the American on, dream. Right? I need to know, I think all of us need to know that moment when you get the phone call of like, you know, representative, former governor, Charlie, Chris calling you up. How did it go? Was he like, hey, Carla, girl, you want to be my lieutenant governor? Like, how did that go? I need to know. Well, it's funny because a few months ago, they did a story that, you know, there were like 18 people on this list of possible candidates. And I was on there, but like way on the bottom of the whole story, right? Like I'm a teacher and union president, da, da, da. you know, and I, I thought it was cool. And, you know, I didn't think much of it, went through the vetting process. And I, you know, obviously I took it seriously, but at the same time, I'm so passionate about what we're doing, public education. You know, I was just myself, just going with the flow. And I really thought there were so many, you know, fantastic people on that list. And I was like, you know, it makes sense for him to pick that person or that person, you know, just kind of going down and, and understanding that. Um, so it was it was humbling because he called me up and it was after the primary and he said, are you sitting down? And I was like, no, but let me go ahead and do that now. Hold on a second. <laughs> let me go ahead and let me go ahead and sit down. And, you know, he just he offered me the position. He said, look, you know, I think the world of you. Um, you know, you are, you bring the community, which is what our state needs to see, um, that, you know, you're a mother, you're a teacher, you're an advocate for the community. Um, folks need to. Are you hearing me? Yeah, okay. yeah, you okay. Can, okay. Yeah, yeah, bring it back. Listen, okay. nothing's gonna spoil this show. Keep going. So he said he thinks the world of you, and you know, and 
from there. Yeah, and he said, you know, you represent everything that we're fighting for. You know, we're fighting for women's rights. You're a woman. Uh, you know, we're fighting for education. I mean, we have DeSantis, a governor that's banning books, changing curriculum, rewriting history, censoring what teachers say. I mean, the fact that he wants to change the word slavery from civics books and civics edu education and say that it is involuntary relocation is, is a slap in the face to all of our histories and everything that we've gone through. Um, but this is what he's doing. And he's acting like a dictator because this is what authoritarian regimes do. And they try to oppress com uh, communities and limit education. And that's where he's going right now. I mean, think about all of the... Um, school board races that he has influenced just in the last couple of weeks. It's really scary because no governor has ever played such a uh, hard role on school board races. We've always believed that they should be locally governed and organic and it should be about the people and the community's needs. And he has spent over a million dollars on school board races across the state. And so that should be a red flag to folks. And so, you know, he, he talked about all these things. Obviously my parents are immigrants, his grandparents were immigrants. So we know that immigration is an issue that we wanna tackle. I'm Latina and so minority communities being represented uh, and, and, and a real Latina, okay? Because I know that people think that Janet Nunez is a Latina, but we, we revoked her card. Okay, she's, we've, we've snatched it back because, <laughs> because three weeks ago she was saying on Spanish Cuban, well, it's maybe not Cuban, but Spanish radio in Miami that, you know, her and DeSantis planned on putting Cubans on buses and sending them to Delaware, to Biden state. I mean, they, they have like a Cuban relocation plan. Um, it's horrible that she's so disconnected from her people, from her community, that as a Cuban American woman, that she would say that about her folks. Like how out of touch is she? So yeah, I said that we revoked her card. Yeah. I am I am the only Latina on the ticket. Yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's let's get to the facts because the reality is, you know, and I want to touch on a few things because I know there are a lot of viewers who are not necessarily located in Florida. In the last few weeks. Four school board members in Broward County, which is the county north of Miami, were removed by the governor. And he has been, and I've talked about this before, how he removed Andrew Warren, who is the state attorney in Hillsborough County, which is Tampa. And it is not normal in any way, shape, or form for a governor to be taking people out of office, especially if it's not a situation where you've committed a crime and have been convicted or you're har sexually harassing people or showing up to work drunk or something along those lines. This is a disagreement in ideology. And yep. he's using his power to do that, which is incredibly harmful, not to mention his agenda around trying to rewrite history and fight anything that is going to basically attack and dismantle white extremism and white supremacy, which is incredibly problematic. So definitely, yeah, that, I mean, it's a lot. And, yeah. and it's scary because also remember, folks, he's planning on running for president in 2024. Yeah, so that's his long-term game. Exactly. This is why we need to be paying attention. But back to you, Carla. So, okay, so you get this call. You're like, oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. Can you explain to folks what a lieutenant governor does? So constitutionally, there's not a lot on there. I got to tell you. <laughs> I think Florida did not get that part right. 
but I will tell you this, um, you know, in terms of how Charlie and I have worked, I mean, obviously, you know, we have a plan on how we make Florida um, a Florida that is great for all people, right? We want all Floridians to win. And so, you know, I know that obviously he understands that my strength is public education and education in general, but there's so many things that are state is really lacking and that our people really need we have to talk about affordability that's huge you know people are being priced out of their communities and the census isn't doing anything to address those needs homeowners insurance uh prices are going through the roof people can't afford to pay insurance so guess what it's hurricane season and people don't have insurance what's going to happen if something god forbid that something happens um and it's incredible that he has created these loopholes or that he's working with these insurance companies or, you know, that he has all these special interests and he doesn't care about the people. And, um, you know, all these things are, are important to, you know, how we address the needs of Floridians. You're right. When he is an authoritarian, when he removes people from office, these are people that have been duly elected, right, to serve their constituents. This is the people's choice. And he's removing them and, and make no mistake, he's really impacting democratic leaning communities. And it didn't start just with the school board members or you know with the Tampa situation. I'm, I'm gonna take you back even you know further with the sheriff in Broward. Mm -hmm. You know, he he's he's been at this not just as of lately, he's been at this for a while, and we just need to open our eyes especially my Latino community, he tries to scare them. He tries to, you know, play these games and, and say that, you know, I'm a communist, which is so far removed from the truth. You know, I was born in and raised around a Cuban community and I understand why people have left Cuba and come to this country. But more importantly, this is a little known fact, my husband, Union with his family, um, you know, right, you know, right when the Soviet Union was breaking, he came here to make sure that, you know, him and his family were, 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 were seeking freedom, right? They were, they left the Soviet Union coming here, fleeing communism, looking for the American dream. And so for them to try to peg me as anything other than a person who cares about democracy and cares about people's freedoms is so far removed from the reality. But I know that they are on the ropes. And so they're doing that. They're attacking that because they see not only what a powerful ticket we are, but really what we can bring to the community. And he's scared. And so, look, there's never been a race where they attack an LG the way that they're attacking me. Um, and, and I see that as, you know, as, as, a, as a badge of honor, to be honest with you, because that means that they are scared of what we're saying. They know that we're bringing light to all these issues about our freedoms, especially women's rights, right? Right, uh, right. I mean, he doesn't even want exceptions for rape um, or incest, you know? So to, to say that, you know, women are lesser humans than anybody else and that we can't make decisions about our bodies and our freedoms and we can't be pro-choice is, is just ludicrous. We're, this is 2022 and he's taking us way back to like, you know, the 1950s. I mean, all the progress that we've made and, and that's how it starts. You take away freedoms from certain groups and you etch away and you etch away. 
We've seen what he's done with voting rights and gerrymandering and taking away congressional seats from black communities. Yep. He's doing it. He's everything that we talk about in terms of dictator, oppressive governments. This is what DeSantis is doing. And so we got to squash him now. And that's why we're going to win on November the 8th. Amen to that. Amen to that. And we had a momentary glitch, but just wanted to make sure to, that I got the, the story correct, that mm -hmm. your husband and his family fled actual communism yeah. in Russia, yeah. came to the United States to build a new life. And so you saw firsthand through his childhood stories and his experience the dangers of what these types of authoritarian governments can do, not to mention you grew up around the Cuban community. You taught at Hialeah Middle, which is the epicenter of the Cuban community okay. here in Miami-Dade County. So you are well-versed on what communism actually is yep. <laughs> and what it isn't. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, why we are pro-democracy and pro-making sure that people have freedoms, you know, in society and that we protect those things. So, you know, it's ridiculous, but, you know, they're taking these swings at me because, you know, obviously they're on the ropes, right? And they know that we are winning and that people are seeing, you know, the reality of the situation. And we just got to keep on getting the message out there about all the freedoms that we can lose if we continue to have his authoritarian regime, his dictatorship-like uh, characteristics on full display in the state of Florida and how detrimental it is gonna, it's going to be, not just now, but you know what he's trying to do to this nation because he is a mega extremist. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is trying to rile up a base where you know they are you know, people who believe that the insurrection was okay. Um, you know, it, it's just it's just crazy what's happening. It's people have to be paying attention to what's happening in Florida. Um, they see that you know this is a, a big, um, not only a big and important race, but how vulnerable democracy is and how we have to protect democracy. So, um, and then this is all again warning to folks if you're in florida make sure you are paying attention and voting if you are outside of florida pay very close attention because this issue all of these issues will be coming to a ballot box near you in 2024. so just diving in a little bit more about yours and charlie's platform you know what are some let's say like the top three things that y'all want to accomplish as soon as you win this November and you get sworn in January 2023, what are like the top three things that, you know, you, you want to make sure that are implemented in this state? So number one, we know that uh, women's rights um, are a hot topic, right? They're a big issue. Um, you know, it, it, it's unfathomable to think that my daughter who's eight years old um, has less rights now, um, you know, than I've had all my life. It's crazy. It's crazy that we're going backwards. And, you know, we want to fight for, you know, these reproductive uh, freedoms. We want to make sure that women have access to reproductive health care, that we are a pro-choice state. And so he, uh, Charlie has said it on day one, his first executive order is to tackle that. He's going to address, you know, women's rights. He has, you know, 100% uh, NARAL uh, rating, you know, in terms of what he's done and Planned Parenthood. So he gets it. So he brings a Latina that also cares about women's rights and women's issues on the ticket. So that's a big, that's a hot topic. Uh, we also want to address affordability. You know, we just mentioned how insurance is through the roof. People are being outpriced from their communities. 
and these are our communities, right? You know, this might not be like an issue for, you know, billionaire or millionaire, um, you know, families and good for them. You know, that's wonderful. We all aspire to someday, you know, live in, 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 in just comfort and not having to worry about, you know, day-to-day bills. But the reality is that the majority of Floridians um, don't have that luxury. And, you know, they're, they're living paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, we have to be able to address these needs. You know, the Sadowski Fund has been raided for so many years. Um, there has been a plan in Florida to make sure that we had afford- affordable housing, workforce housing, and it's been neglected for years. Um, so, you know, we want to get back to that. We want to make sure that we not only fund the Sadowski uh, Fund, but that we are implementing these strategies throughout the state so that we have workforce that can live in our communities. Um, so that's big, affordability. And of course, education. You know, children should have the freedom to learn. Teachers should have the freedom to teach. Um, you know, if you um, create, um, if you if you destroy education, if you destroy public education, which I think is the cornerstone of democracy in all of our communities, uh, you create ignorant communities. Um, ignorant, you know, ignorant communities that take us back. Look, we fought too hard. 1954, Brown versus Board of Education. We've come a long way since there. And all indications are that they're trying to take us back. They're trying to segregate us. They're trying to defund uh, public education. And, and I say that intentionally. When we are 48th in the nation in terms of how we fund public schools and how we fund teachers, you can't call it anything else than defunding. You know, when Charlie Chris was governor, we were 35th in the nation. So we have progressively gone, you know, worse, you know, in terms of that scale because they don't care. They don't care about common folks, about regular people, um, you know, that, you know, are looking for opportunities and the American dream with the access that we have to the, to the resources that we have. And so we got to we got to, you know, make sure that we are funding public education correctly. And that we're giving people that we're staying out of the school board um, politics. We should not be indoctrinating kids by putting our political agendas in our in the school boards. It should always be organic. It should always be about what the people, what the locals want. Um, And the fact that he is trying to indoctrinate folks by putting his puppets, puppets all over the state that are making decisions about public education, what books they can read, what books are going to be censored what topics can be addressed. They're making school uh, a place that's not inclusive. And I can tell you this, all of my colleagues, all of my friends, I mean, we are about not only keeping children safe and making sure they have good learning environments, but, you know, and and educating them with the best and and the most, uh, you know, the the highest quality that we have available to us. But we, we don't care what the child's ethnicity, race, zip code, uh, gender identity, any of those things, we want to make sure that all children, all children, no matter where they come from, have access to a safe and high quality learning environment. And right now, all those things are at stake. And so, you know, there's a lot of, of other things, obviously climate, we live in Florida. There's yeah. so many things on the platform. Um, but really, I would say that those are the top three issues for us. 
No, and those are all like super important. And again, I'm going to encourage everyone uh, to take a look at the website uh, for the campaign so y'all can really get a full understanding of the platform. I'm trying to hit the highlights now so y'all get a sense of what, you know, the the Chris Hernandez ticket is about. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this. The Chris <laughs> Hernandez ticket is about. <laughs> but, I, you know, I want folks to do their research and learn and know what's at stake and where our state can go. And I want to take a quick point of personal privilege on this. When I, you know, I obviously, I first met you, Carla, when I was at the ACLU of Florida as the deputy director. But the one fact that I learned while I was there, when we were fighting for Amendment 4, which was the amendment that gave the right to vote back to people who had felony convictions with the exception of homicide and sexual assault, mm -hmm. as long as they finished their sentence and, and everything else. It was something that was passed by over 60% of Floridians. But before Amendment 4, if you had a felony conviction, you could never vote in the state of Florida, period. You had to go to the clemency board and basically ask the clemency board and the governor for permission to be able to get your rights back. And nine times out of 10, you did not get your rights back. Right. They were denied. Denied. Charlie Crist, in his one term as governor, single-handedly restored over 155,000 yep. people's rights to vote back. Yeah. 155,000. Yeah. And when you and when you think about, you know, the, the nearly the 1.4 million people in Florida that had lost their rights, maybe about six to seven hundred thousand of them got it back. But now we're having a situation with this current governor who is basically trying to arrest people for voter fraud because his Department of State and his supervisors of elections. Uh, well, excuse me, let me rephrase, rephrase that. Supervisor of elections are elected, but they are the ones who are supposed to be vetting these mm -hmm. applications and saying, oh, actually you don't qualify, you know, so, so do this or finish that or whatever the case may be. These folks received voter registration cards in the mail and yep. went and voted. And now they literally had SWAT teams and helicopters over their house coming to arrest them for something that they literally applied, thought they were following the law, received the voter registration card, went to the different polling places, voted, did what they were supposed to do. Now they're getting prosecuted. But then somehow the people in the villages who went and deliberately went and voted more than once, they're not, no, 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 there's nothing to be, there's nothing to see here. That's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I just really want to draw that contrast for those who care about voting rights and justice and fairness. Charlie Crist has a history of really making sure that people were able to get their rights back when he was followed by Governor Crist. I'm sorry, Governor Scott, who succeeded Governor Crist. Maybe he restored a couple thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so again, folks, you got to understand the bigger picture of who you're voting for and what this all means. So, Carla, can you please share the website so folks can learn some more? Absolutely. So if you want to find out more about our platform, if you want to volunteer, if you want to donate and, you know, we certainly need uh, donations, um, go to charliechrist.com. You'll see all the information on there. You can uh, text so that you can be put on the volunteer list. 
And it's not necessarily going door to door, although that is available. We want people to canvas, but it's also phone banking and you can phone bank from your house. Um, I mean, there's so many methods that you can be involved in the campaign. Uh, you can volunteer to be at a polling site, at a precinct for early voting. Make sure that you vote early. Uh, if you can, get your absentee ballot, um, you know, turn that in or vote early, but don't wait until November the 8th. You have to have a plan and get your family out to vote as well. You know, yeah. it's not just about you individually, but really setting the tone for the community and how important this is. I need folks to vote during this election, like if it was a presidential election, because it kind of is. We've talked about that. Right? It yes. kind of is. Like we're setting, we're, we're setting the tone here. We have to have turnout. We have to get our, our folks that care about the issues that we're talking about, that care about our freedoms, that care about affordability and women's rights and education and the environment and everything else. They have to come out and vote in a major way before November the 8th so that on November the 8th, you can help us by being at precincts and polling sites and making sure that everything is running smoothly. But we need all the help. So charliechris.com, uh, you can go on there and all the information is there. And, you know, I look forward to to, to being just, you know, uh, out in the community, breaking bread with people, hearing the issues, connecting with organizations, because that's what it's about. And that's really why Charlie and I are such a great team. I mean, he wants the community to be part of the process. He wants us at the table. I'm at the table. That means that we're at the table collectively. Amen. And that's how government should be. We should always be at the table. Amen. It has to be government of the people. So I'm going to give some quick dates for everybody to keep in mind. If you are in Florida, your deadline to register to vote for the November election is October 11th. So if you're not yet registered to vote in the state of Florida and you reside in the state of Florida, make sure that you register to vote by October 11th. I also encourage you to double check your status. You may have been registered but things sometimes mysteriously happen. So make sure that you're registered for the party that you want to be registered to, right? Make sure that your address is correct. You know where your polling place is. If you choose to vote by mail, make sure to request your vote by mail ballot by October 29th. I'm going to drop all of these dates in the chat as well, as well as the link to charliechris.com, because I want to make sure folks know and put it on your calendar, write it on a sticky and put it on your mirror, whatever you need to do. But make sure to get your vote by mail ballot, request it by October 29th. General voting is on November 8th. Your early voting is going to vary depending on where you are in the state, but generally it's the two weeks before election day. So I encourage everyone to vote by mail if you can, and but make sure to send it with plenty of time because the mail yeah. can be slow, or you could drop it off in person at any early voting site. If you don't want to do that and you want to vote in person on you know during early voting, do that. But if you do do it on election day, just be very cautious because, again, lines can be long. Things can get hectic. Polling places shift. So to avoid all of that, vote by mail or vote early. So charliechris.com, make sure to learn more. Do whatever you can to support because, again, like not being dramatic here, democracy is literally on the line. It really is. It really is. So with that, Carla, thank you. 
Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being an ally. Thank you for all you've done for our kids, for our community, for fighting tirelessly on so many causes. Thank you for answering the call to go and be the partner to Charlie Chris to try to get things done here. I know it can't be easy. I know right now we're talking. You're in a hotel somewhere on the road trying to you know talk to people and educate people about what's at stake. So I know that it was a lot for you to take time out of your day to hang out on Mondays with Melba. I appreciate it. We all appreciate you. And we are going to do everything we can to get you and Charlie over the finish line to be the next governor and lieutenant governor for the state of Florida. So thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. It is a pleasure to be here. And listen, I know where I come from. I know my roots. I know, you know, who my people are. And you can't leave community behind and you're extremely important and all communities are important. So, um, you know, nobody's going to outwork us. We're going to get the work. We're going to get the job done, but we need everybody to come out and vote. That's what's up. All right, y'all. CharlieChris.com. Don't forget it. And I will see you next week for another episode of Mondays with Melba. Take good care, y'all.